listening to New England Public Media News. I'm Adam Frenier, and this is the shortlist NEPM's Week in Review. Joining us today on the line, Ron Chamellis, reporter and columnist with the Springfield Republican newspaper, and Chris Collins, contributing editor with Franklin County Now. Ron, Chris, thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Thanks. Calling the spike alarming and scary, Springfield Mayor Dominic Sarno says there were more than 250 cases of COVID-19 in Springfield on Tuesday and Wednesday combined. The city this week instituted an indoor mask mandate with cases continuing to climb and with the vaccination rate in Hamden County still the lowest in the state at 60%. Ron Sarno and public health officials have been pleading with residents to get vaccinated for months, even saying at one point they've been going door to door to make the case for the shots. Does the state need to take more of an active role in this effort, especially with the spike happening? I think the state or the city would be perfectly within its rights. I, I have never understood why people think uh, gambling with public health is a personal right of theirs. I have a real problem with that. I'm at the point now that anything the state or the city does, uh, short of incarceration, I'd be for it because clearly we have holdouts and they're not just affecting themselves, they're affecting the general population. That is not their right. So I'm in favor of more aggressive action. More cases, of course, puts stress on area hospitals, and several in Western Mass say they've been dealing with a staffing shortage. Bay State Health CEO Mark Kerouac says his organization has 1,400 job openings. We've done a number of things to try to get our arms around this, including raising salaries, enhancing benefits, bonuses, uh, hiring travelers and contractors, but the gap is still there. Chris, how concerning is this to you, both in the context of COVID-19 and just getting adequate health care? Oh, it's hugely concerning. And as somebody who has <clears throat> multiple issues going on physically, I it really scares me to think that, you know, hospital beds are in short supply because of this whole thing. And, you know, you can throw as much money as you want at, at prospective employees. Um, if people are scared to go to work, and they're afraid they're going to get sick. You're going to have a tough time finding people that are willing to step up and, and do this. And I don't, I don't know where this is going, but I think this is just the beginning. I think that you're going to see this a lot more variants and a lot more of these kinds of issues. And it's, it is frightening for the entire healthcare industry. It could collapse. Also this week, another moldy public building was in the news. Students at South Hadley High finally started the school year Thursday, two weeks late and online. Remediation efforts are underway to clean up mold from nearly 70 classrooms. State education officials eventually granted a waiver to allow five days of remote learning. Superintendent Jamal Mosley says he does not expect an extension from the state. The letter he got from the education commissioner said this. It is unlikely that I will extend the waiver. Um, I don't speak for the state, but the commission has been very clear. The state initially blocked the request for remote learning, saying students lost too much in-person class time last year because of the pandemic. Chris, was Education Commissioner Jeff Riley being a little too stubborn in his reluctance to allow remote learning? I mean, this is a different kind of emergency than COVID-19 that's eventually going to be solved with all of this mold. Yeah, you've got to have options available. And, you know, the the same agency, DESE, released a report this week saying that there are 1,230 students who have been diagnosed with COVID-19 since the beginning of the school year and 190 staff members statewide. So that may seem like a small number, 0.13%. But you've got to give these districts options to be able to protect the health of their employees and their students and anybody else that walks into a school. You know, there's more and more evidence that this variant is affecting younger people. And there's not a vaccination for younger people yet, really, that's consistently available. So 
I, I think that he is being stubborn, and I, I understand the feeling at the state level that they want kids in the classrooms, but at what price? Ron, as we've mentioned in the past, you teach a social studies class at a parochial middle school. Would remote learning now be better than keeping kids in school late into June? I will give Riley some slack to a point. Uh, he did give an extension, and I think what he all he wants is get moving on this. Don't use remote learning as an excuse not to react. Now, South Hadley is reacting. And as long as they're addressing the problem, I think if he has to extend it more, I agree with Chris, health comes first. Uh, but in terms of remote learning now, extending the year into June, if I, if I had to vote for that, I would extend the year into June. I am in favor of in-person learning uh, if you can possibly do it safely, and I still think that can be done. Well, coming up next week, some area communities will begin holding preliminary elections for mayor in their respective communities. In Holyoke, Northampton, and North Adams, the fields are so big that preliminary elections are necessary to cut the fields down to two for November's general election. Chris, being a mayor is never easy, let alone in a pandemic. Are you surprised there's a lot of people interested in being mayor in some of these communities? I'm not surprised. I think that uh, what's surprising is that there's holes in other ballots in other communities for important positions. It's, it's always challenging to take over and run a city, but there's a lot of people who are ambitious out there. There's some good candidates in the fields in these various races. So I'm not surprised by it, but I'll be curious to see you know, the proof is in the pudding. What what happens is what happens after inauguration day, and and I think that in the next you know few days and months or and weeks, I think that vetting these candidates is going to be very very important because it's not an ordinary job anymore. There's a lot more to it. Now, Ron, turnout in these local preliminaries is usually isn't very high, but Holyoke has seven candidates on the ballot Tuesday. Do you get the sense that there's some more enthusiasm this time around amongst voters? Well, I hope so. And, and I agree with everything Chris said. There's always people out there saying, we think we can do better. And now with open seats and you're not facing an entrenched incumbent, there's an opportunity there. If Holyoke has, as they do, seven candidates and those people are banging on doors and telling people, go out and support me, uh, I hope they do. I, I'm really intrigued. I'm interested in seeing what the numbers are on preliminary day because there's certainly choice. And it's important, uh, maybe more important than we've known in the past because you really have to do have nimble people in office now, and they will have the opportunity to choose. Uh, I'm optimistic. And Chris, real quick, looking at Holyoke with seven people in the field, the top two move on. That turnout piece could be huge in terms of who's in second place. If there's not a lot of votes, it could be a very uh, tightly packed field with maybe not a ton of votes uh, for the second place finisher. Well, that's always the concern when you have a huge preliminary field. But it's going to come down to a couple of things. I think name recognition and ability to raise money and get your message out there is always crucial. Um, but, you know, in small communities and in small cities, retail politics is very, very important. And, it, you know, in a field that size, it almost comes down to name recognition and popularity contest rather than, you know, the positions the individual candidates take. So we'll see what happens. All right, Chris Collins with Franklin County Now and Ron Chamellis with the Springfield Republican. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks. Thank you. And thank you for listening to The Shortlist, NEPM's Week in Review. You can catch us at any time, wherever you get your podcasts or at nepm.org slash podcast hub. I'm Adam Frenier, and this is New England Public Media.